And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Hello, friends, and welcome in. This is the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Week 9 ranks. I'm Chris Welsh. That is Brandon Funston. And we are pitted up against Jake Seeley. Jake Seeley's week nine ranks are up over at The Athletic right now. You guys, if you got a subscription, just go on over. Maybe you got the app. You can easily find it there. If you don't, it's super easy and super inexpensive. The best value in sports to get a subscription to The Athletic. So go and do that today. It's easy enough. You can go to All In Kid on Twitter, click on his article, and sign up right there. Otherwise, you can find us at Brandon Funson at Is It The Welsh. Brandon. World Series. I know it's not a ba- it's a football show, not a baseball show, but I was at the World Series last night with some of our athletic cohorts and everybody and uh, was very disappointed. My voice, not as like hoarse as I thought it was going to be, maybe a little bit out, but uh, well, we're there wasn't to- there wasn't a whole lot for you to, to scream at uh, well, cheer no. for. There was a lot. There was a lot to cheer for. There was a lot yeah, to right. scream at for sure. <laughs> there was a lot of that, but. We're turning our page. It's all about football. There's no baseball anymore, Brandon. Who cares about stupid baseball? It's over. The Rangers, not the Diamondbacks. I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad. Uh, yeah, I mean, baseball season was over for me when the Mariners were eliminated the last day of the year. So, or the second to last day of the year. So, I watched scant amount of MLB playoffs. I know you still had some skin in the game. You living in Arizona and all that, but uh, yeah, well, you were one of the few that watched it apparently is what we were told. So yeah, I was exactly. invested. The rest of the world was not invested, but uh, it's been on my mind a little bit, but now we get to turn the corner completely. There's nothing else interfering outside of if you're a baseball basketball head, which I know there's some basketball out there, but let's talk about it. Halfway point season Trade deadline is behind us, so we're going to be going and uh, looking at Jake's ranks on some of our differences, maybe some questions. I also think there's some interesting like rank questions that are popping up that I'm going to pose here. But let's start with some of the news, and uh, the trade deadline came and passed. Pretty classic NFL trade deadline, if I will say so for myself. Nothing amazing. It's not like the NBA trade deadline, uh, the MLB trade deadline. NFL, when you get two or three, you're like, okay, we'll do this. This is pretty good. And we got that on the offensive side. We did get two pieces moved. We The biggest trade actually came defensively. The first one was Josh Dobbs. Josh Dobbs was told he was going to be benched. And it looks like it's going to be Clayton Toon this weekend for the Cardinals. And then it'll be passed over to Kyler Murray. And Josh Dobbs was uh, out. You know, the Vikings lost a quarterback. There were rumors of Jameis Winston getting traded. And then it ends up being Josh Dobbs going over to Minnesota. So I guess the big question is, what do you think about Dobbs in Minnesota? And I don't even know. I didn't see if they announced it. Is he even going to start week one? Are they going to throw him right in um, on everything this week? Uh, I have not heard official confirmation on that. But I, the original thing that I heard was that he wasn't going to probably start this week. But you never know. A lot can change by Sunday. We'll see. Um you know, I don't know in the first whether he's getting in there in the first week or not that you're going to feel super excited about 
Viking targets right out of the shoot, you know, outside of TJ Hawkinson, who is, you know, as we always say, backup quarterback, uh, best friend, you know, he's the kind of guy that you can get completions yeah. to. Uh, you just don't feel good about the big play upside of Jordan Addison that we've been seeing. But, uh, you know, it's, you know, it's a move. It's, I, you know, is this are, are the we, move that brings the options back up? Because that's what we were kind of talking about. Like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Out. I was like, is Justin Jefferson now a league winner when he returns? I, I don't know. I mean, that's just. I think it's it's certainly a downgrade from Cousins. Like, how much of it is it a twenty five percent production downgrade? I mean, that sort of feels right to me, which is still makes Justin Jefferson a really good player. But, um, but yeah, I just you know it's kind of ugly and and then you know if, if things get away from minnesota here over the next few weeks are they even going to rush justin jefferson to get it back out in the field do they let him sit an extra week longer than we thought it was going to be or an extra two weeks and suddenly it's like week 13 and justin jefferson's returning so i i, I don't know it's up in the air um be tough to be leaning on a lot of minnesota options right now yeah, it doesn't look it doesn't make me feel that much better you know maybe he knows how to run a better nfl offense can scramble around a little bit. I mean, maybe it's good. You know, you also can look at Minnesota and you can look at those options being quite a bit different than the options in Arizona, you know, and Hawkinson and when Jefferson's back and Addison and their, their ability to get open, it might improve Dobbs. I will say Jake is ranking it as if he is not, because maybe it has been announced and I just didn't see it. It's Jaron Hall that's in there, but Jaron Hall is the um, second to last quarterback ranked for Jake. So he's at the yeah. very bottom of the list. Though I do think he has, uh, well, maybe he doesn't. I thought he had Jordan Addison kind of high this week, and I am incorrect. He has Addison just throwing it out here. I don't know if it was on your list, but 28. So he's 28 on the list. So that's where I'm, I'm low 30s on Addison. So we're kind of in the same ballpark. Yeah. And KJ Osborne is not even a top uh, three wide receiver. So he's in the 40s. So it's all kind of relative to what's happening there. Offensive weapons maybe take a, a half decent boost, but that was probably the biggest like impactful offensive trade we did on the offensive side. Also, see Donovan Peoples Jones get traded to Detroit because sure, of course, Detroit needed like wide receivers. Brandon, yeah, look at I mean, it's a it's an offensive passing game upgrade for Don, Donovan Peoples Jones, but he had been in the last couple of years kind of the two three in that in that offense behind Amari Cooper, like. So now you're basically falling in behind, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown, big, big jump, Sam Laporta, another big jump, you know, Josh Reynolds has been, Josh Reynolds is kind of a similar player, you know, um, and kind of been getting it done. So I just don't know if he's even, is he number four in the hierarchy? I don't even know if he's that high. So I think he just, while the, the ceiling of the passing game is better, his place, you know, in the hierarchy of the passing game is dropped down a little bit. So, not not a lot to see here, you know, move along. <laughs> <laughs> move along. Uh, and the biggest NFL trade deadline move was my 49ers getting um, uh, Chase Young, which no, was. No, it's the it's Seahawks getting Leonard Williams. That's the bigger one. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Clear. I, you know, I didn't even <laughs> no, mention come that. on, Leonard. man. We're, we, me and you, we battle it out. We got to battle it out. Did you, also, did you also see that story that the 49ers had essentially acquired Dory Jackson? but they didn't get the move into the NFL. So it couldn't be completed. Oh, oh, sorry to hear wild. that. Yeah, it's wild. So Chase Young, they could, use, they could use some corner help. That's they could have, re- I don't know how you let that happen. Maybe it was the Niners assuming, I, I, you know, you never know. You never know how that ends up yeah. going down, but Chase Young, Leonard Williams, both big pieces ended up getting uh, moved at the trade deadline. 
maybe helping defenses. I mean, nobody needs it more than the Niners. Niners are on the biggest down, you know, down downward spiral in the NFL from power ranking of being the top to losing three straight. So the bye week was uh, pretty pretty needed. Uh, one thing I'd say about that is sometimes you know a broken wheel on offense can affect everything, you know, and and playing you know without playing from a lead anymore, without controlling the ball on offense as much, forcing the defense out there more. I haven't looked at the time of possession you know, and how many plays the defense has been running the last couple of weeks. But certainly I think, you know, just the general, um, you know, the Brock Purdy and the Debo Samuel injury and, and stuff is not helping the defensive side of things show out as well as they normally would. Dare you say a Brocken wheel? <laughs> a Brocken wheel. I like that. A Brocken wheel. <laughs> dad joke, dad joke, dad joke. So uh, trade deadline behind us. Some moves, some interesting stuff. We'll see where it helps. Uh, IDP leagues, the Chase Young stuff is way more interesting. Um, now back beside uh, Nick Bosa, that uh, that just opens up more opportunities. The only other piece of news we can drop out to you guys is we just got some confirmation. There's little things, obviously, with the on the injury front that everyone's going to have to pay attention to. Who's not? Pra- Damian Pierce didn't practice today. Who's not? Who's this? But it was um, it was labeled official. Darren Waller is out. For week nine and he will not be playing so maybe daniel bellinger as daniel jones comes back in but uh, darren waller's officially been um uh taken off taken off the list of being able to go and we'll probably monitor over the next you know 24 hours the friday practices usually end up being the most important to some of these things unless there is just definitives like darren waller does bellinger do anything with you with daniel jones like popping back there was a little thing with them early last year yeah, and I was just quickly looking at the Raiders' numbers against tight ends, kind of the middle of the pack. I mean, he is not the tight end I would have thrown out. You can ask me at the end, is there a sleeper tight end? Uh, but I think you could put him in that short list of guys because, yeah, there's going to be opportunity there. The Raiders' defense is not, uh, you know, world beaters. But like I said, they've been sort of average against tight ends. Um, so not not a, not a worst worst case scenario if you have to be forced to play Daniel Bellinger this week. So let's take a look at the ranks. Let's jump into those. Jake's ranks live on The Athletic for week nine. Um, Brandon and I kind of pit up some of maybe, you know, our differences here or there we like to do. Uh, if you do go and check out, which you should go and check out the list, the list is headlined by Jalen Hurts, Mahomes, and Jackson, which is really no shocker. Maybe the most interesting is, like, Sam Howell has just done this all season. I think Sam Howell is, like, top 10 scoring over the last five weeks. And I think he's been right at a top 12 QB on this. Is he, is it right there? He's sort of been like what, remember Blake Bortles when he had that garbage time year where I think he was the top five quarter. He's kind of been like Blake Bortles light. If you look back back to that Jacksonville season, it's like always in a situation where he has to throw the ball, has some running utility as well. It kind of all just sort of adds up in a, in a sometimes and very often ugly way, but it it, it sometimes just consistent garbage time. Yeah, consistent garbage time has been out there for him. Uh, So he comes in as a top 10 for Jake this coming week. Pitting up against you. This is where things get interesting. It is so funny you pick these two guys because these would have been the two that I picked, especially the second one because I did it last week. Coming in at the top disagreement, if you will, is just kind of the range of a QB1. You are all team CJ Stroud this week. It's not that Jake isn't. 
but Jake's right. got him into the double digits. You've got him at eight. Jake has him at 11. I actually have to see an update. It's got him at 10 here now, but oh, okay. yeah. I think you are firmly more on the CJ Stroud side here. So talk to us about Stroud this week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it was a three-spot difference between us. And in, in this kind of a week, it's an ugly week. It's hard to find quarterbacks to believe in. A three-spot jump was about as big a discrepancy as I could find that was yeah. worth talking about. So, yeah, I'm firmly in the top ten on C.J. Stroud. And I know he's coming off kind of a rough week, but I edit Jake's columns all the time. There's a couple other guys that brought this up. The C.J. Stroud difference between pressured versus unpressured is enormous and he's been fantastic when he's not been pressured we look at tampa's pressure rate they're among the bottom in the league and getting pressure on the quarterback cj stroud's at home this tampa team has just not been great against quarterbacks they had a couple big numbers hung on them of late now you know you can sort of forgive sometimes uh, josh allen putting up 324 and a couple touchdowns jared goff a couple weeks before that 53 and a couple touchdowns even desmond ritter had a as good a day as you could ask of Desmond Ritter, 250 yards, 38 rushing and a touchdown. So it's the weird thing about Tampa is they've given up a lot of rushing production as well. And CJ Stroud, certainly if that's something that they're allowing and just opening the door for CJ Stroud's athletic enough. He, he ran for a touchdown last week. We haven't seen a lot of it. I would not be surprised if he threw in a, an extra 20 rushing yards in this game as well. I just like the whole setup in general. Yeah, I really like Nico Collins this week, too. That's one of my top guys. Um, I don't do this on in this league, but uh, Tampa Bay giving up the second most fantasy points to wide receivers over the last month. They have uh, Tampa Bay has given up 54 of 66 catchable balls to starters over that same time period. And, you know, Nico just kind of thrives as a top guy. But either way, if, even if you take like the Nico side out of it, You've got Tank and you've got Nikki. You got two great receiving options. Dalton Schultz is pretty solid. It's what's made Stroud hover in that QB1 territory all season long. So if you can pick those nice matchups, this seems to be one of those nice matchups. So I'm with you. Jake's kind of in that range. But like you said, this is a very tough week of big rank differentials, at least that I found. I didn't see a whole bunch of them. But number two is fascinating. I didn't put him on this list because I did it last week and kind of fell a little bit short, but I I did it on uh, another show here because I'm completely with you. I actually have to look here. I think I might have him in the exact same spot that you do, but Mac Jones was yeah. your uh, quarterback differential from Jake. Jake's got him at 20. You've got him at 16 this week. And let's see, I think I have him at... Uh, I have him at 14, so I'm even a little bit higher. So let's hear you wax on uh, why Mac Jones is a QB to pay attention to this week. Yeah, well, on another program that I do weekly, uh, I pick player props. And this is one of my more bolder picks was Mac Jones over plus one and a half touchdown passes. That's at plus 170. Mm. That is something that he has done in two straight games. Facing a defense that has given up 
the most touchdown passes in the league. They've given 18 touchdown passes, and they were middle of the road in pressure rate. But, oh, by the way, guess who's not there anymore? Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So you got backups, you know, and both of those guys were actually, they had pretty solid production. So you're replacing two above average players based upon how they've been graded out on pro football focus and all that. They've been getting the job done. I just think that we're going to see a lesser version of a defense that as a unit wasn't that good before they left. And now you get Mac Jones, who's got a little bit of confidence. He had a nice comeback game against Buffalo. Yeah, they're going to be down uh, Kendrick Bourne, but Demario Douglas, talk about another player prop. Wait for his yardage uh, or receptions prop to come out because I think Demario Douglas in the slot uh, can play a big role and pick on. That's you know a spot in the secondary that's, that teams have been able to pick on. So I like Mac Jones to put up just serviceable, serviceable production at, at QB 16 this week. I I mean, you've said literally everything that I would have gone with. I <laughs> could not agree more. Demario Douglas is another one of those that I've targeted as well. And a fun thing about that is you mentioned Washington's giving up the most passing touchdowns, but even on the recency side of it, it's still happening. Because sometimes, you know, the season-long totals, yeah. you know, Denver's oh, like they've, in, they've yeah. improved a little bit, blah, blah, blah. The last month, they've still given up the most touchdowns to quarterbacks passing <laughs> and the second most passing yards. And then they just lost uh, pass rushers and they lost the best pass rusher and multiple pieces off of their defense. I love, I love it. I love the two touchdown call as well. I think it is bold. I don't think Mac Jones is going to be like, you know, week one to a type of stuff, but I do think it's like, I think you can get 200 plus two touchdowns efficiency. Maybe yeah. it even goes a little bit higher. And if he I goes think 225 and two touchdowns. You're probably talking quarterback 16 this yeah week. that's qb 15 for that's i have met 14 this week so i think it's yeah. that side because it's just such a great matchup i'm completely with you on this i put this not as a like me thing i wanted to get your take on this i thought this was interesting on um jake's ranks versus like the consensus world jake's got gardner Minshew at 12 this week and jordan love comes in at 21 now i hated Jordan Love last week. And I'm really, I'm really soured on him in general. I, I was telling a lot of people, it reminded, he looked like Desmond Ritter. The offense looked like um, a Atlanta run offense. This week, though, in the consensus rank world, you've got Gardner Minshew is actually at 12, but Jordan Love is at 13. So I wanted to get your take on where you are, Gardner Minshew versus Jordan Love for this week, because everything is trend, trended down for Jordan Love. Minshew's been okay though his wide receivers have been good. This is just a really good matchup. That's why he shows up now as like a consensus startable quarterback, but Minshew versus love. I have Minshew at 15. I have Jordan love at 17, but I will say I much prefer the matchup of Jordan love being at home and getting the Rams who have been much more generous to quarterbacks than the Carolina Panthers have. I, you know, I just, you know, I'm re- leaning on Minshew has been the better quarterback and I've, the eye test has just, validated that for me i mean jordan love just does not look accurate you're right he's looked like desmond ritter but you know a better matchup at home um you know you're starting to get healthy you're getting healthier hopefully you know you got your full contingent of receivers aaron jones we'll see if he can get a, a more you know serviceable workload but like the matchup favors jordan love so i see this as a pretty good challenge play you have it flip-flopped you have jordan love over Minshew this week I have, I do. Have, well, let me look at before I say that I do have that. Um, I have, I have Minshew one spot ahead of Love, but I have them both 
a bit lower than consensus, but I'm, I'm closer to, um, I'm closer to love with Jake than I am Minshew with Jake. I think for me, like, I don't see like Jordan Gardner Minshew is more the box of chocolates that there is a, he has a higher ceiling in my mind where he just could randomly go for three fifty and a couple touchdowns. Like, you know, he, just randomly can have those games. I don't feel like that's going to be one of one of those games this week. Um, so, like, do you have yeah. do you have both above Mac Jones? Uh, well, I have them on. They're sandwiched on both sides. So that's so uh, Mac is in between. Who? How does it go? Is so it, it goes Minshew, Mac, Love. Okay, because I have Mac above both of them, and I know that might seem ugh for some people, but I'm playing the matchup with Mac versus both of those two because Jordan Love looks completely inefficient. Min- Minchu's a Minchu's an interesting one. You know, Minchu could definitely, I think, put up a week. Jordan Love has the feel of the guy that could have the biggest week of all of them, but he looks so lost, and the offensive weapons are not working. The play calling looks bad. So I'm yeah. on that opposite end. I'm Mac Jones, Minshew, and then Love as far as that rank goes. And uh, Jake is team Minshew here and completely out. Probably the furthest off of Jordan Love than any of us, if that tells you guys uh, where he's at. And now that I want to take a look, because I just didn't realize, <laughs> where does he have? He has Mac Jones ahead of Jordan Love. So he's Minshew, Mac, Love. And I am Mac, Minshew, Love. And then okay, I think so he's got, he just got him all ranked lower than I do. Um, yeah, because I have the same order as him, but all of my guys are all of mine are like a few spots up compared to where. Yeah, Jordan Love 21 on his list. 21. That's pretty far down there. All right. Let's go and jump over to the RB ranks. Uh, If you want to check out Jake's does his off of half PPR, obviously, this has been a pretty, I think, unanimous decision by most of the industry with Christian McCaffrey out. Alvin Kamara comes in as kind of the top dog this week. That's where Jake has it. Some other interesting ones. I actually kind of think he might have Jonathan Taylor lower. I got I am I have Jonathan Taylor two this week. He's got him at so six. Do, so do I. You have I him almost at two put as that well? on here, but then I was like, well, I have I have Taylor at two, and and Jake has him at what? What would you say five or six? Six. He's got him at six. Six. I almost put that down as a running back to talk about discrepancy, but I'm like, eh, we're arguing about. It's a really uh, great somebody. matchup, though. I I love him. Yeah, I think Jonathan Taylor's gonna have a huge day. I almost thought about putting him ahead of Alvin Kamara, but I I kept. I did. Yeah. You, okay. Yeah. You and I, our brains are working in the same kind of vicinity. Yeah. It, it's probably a little bit more relevant to like DFS and betting, you know, just knowing where you are. Like I'm going to try to hit the earliest line I can on Jonathan Taylor as soon as a rushing prop goes, because I think it'll just keep creeping up throughout the week. So I'm going to try to get that earliest on, but I've got him at the top spot. The, um, the bears do give up a decent amount was on the receiving side to running back. So that doesn't bode well for them. And it just helps Alvin Kamara even more, but the guy that jumped up here. So that's kind of like some of the inner workings of where the top running backs are in the RB one range. This is another one of those where like mid pack RB one to you, but the last RB one to Jake is Joe Mixon. So that's who you highlighted. You have at eight. Jake has at 12. So let's hear what you got on Joe Mixon. Well, first of all, Joe Mixon's kind of, is paralleling um, the Cincinnati offense with Joe Burrow getting healthier. And we're starting to see the more kind of like Cincinnati offense that we expected. And the thing about Joe Mixon that I like is that he's one of the few backs left that literally has nobody like Josh Jacobs. There's literally no one else that really takes away his share in the backfield. So uh, I like the matchup against Buffalo Buffalo. We, you know, we always, I think tend to think of them as a, Super strong defense across the board. They have not been good 
to running backs, um, running backs well over four yards per carry against them. But the thing I've also noticed is I think they're fourth in receiving yards allowed to the running back. And last year, Joe Mixon killed it in the passing game. I think he was a top four or top five running back in receiving yards. We're starting to see that come back around. He's been over 20 receiving yards each of the last three games. If you look at Baltimore, they've just been getting killed through the air. Ramondre Stevenson a couple weeks ago had 51 yards on six catches. Last week we saw Rashad White have seven catches for 70 yards. Travis Etienne, four catches for 48 yards. Um, just a bunch of, bunch of running backs that have just been going off against them in the passing game as well. So not only do I think Joe Mixon can put up you know, 75, 80 yards on the ground, I think he's good for 30-plus through the air this week as well. I'm in on his prop at 20 receiving yards this week. He's been over three straight weeks. I think he gets into the thirties this week as well. So I'm a little bit more firmly in RB one than Jake is on Joe Mixon. Yeah. And it's good. I mean, Joe Mixon has just been kind of bland, like blah, like yeah. that's fine. So I think that's where it kind of sits, but this is a really good matchup here. The other one it's funny. This is, this is someone I kept battling wanting to put higher. I am, closer with you on this definitely than Jake and it's Ken Walker. You've got Ken Walker at 12. I think I have him at 13. Jake has him at 16 this week. So Ken Walker Walker versus Baltimore. It's it's the Baltimore defensive side that maybe holds back, but I also think he can get involved in the receiving game, which can up that. So talk to us about uh, Ken Walker. And I think people are a little bit scared about Charbonnet too. Charbonnet that can increasingly becomes more involved and God, you never know what Pete Carroll could do. All of a sudden it's like, wait a minute. How did Charbonnet get more carries than Ken Walker? Yeah, like you just never know. So I think that fear is instilling in people, but you've got him at RB1 this week. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's a, kind of similar to Buffalo in that people think of Baltimore as, as way tougher against the run than they actually are. I mean, uh, I look at I look at them, they're giving up 4.3 yards per carry. The thing I like about Ken Walker is they've given up explosive plays, runs of 12 or more yards. They've given up the 10th most uh explosive runs and that's what Ken Walker does even sometimes when he doesn't get volume like last week when he was nursing the ankle injury going into the week I uh, yielded some more touches to Zach Charbonnet but even on eight carries he got 66 yards so uh, I've been talking about player props I love uh, Walker's rushing yards prop at 53 and a half this week he's only been under one time this entire year and Baltimore has not shown that they are a staunch run defense so I you look at Ken Walker has been one of the best in the red zone. Uh, he's, you know, he's been among the touchdown leaders. I don't think his yardage is going to be hindered that much. I think Seattle will actually try to attack them as much as they can on the ground. So I think we'll see Charbonneau as well, but I, I think there's 15, 15 carries or more for Ken Walker this week. And I think there's a decent chance for a touchdown. I have him as a back end RB one, because honestly, like once you get to about RB 15 this week, it is a bunch of platoon, guys or a bunch of guys that have the job but are facing terrible opponents and haven't been good lately so it's like i'm gonna lean on ken walker who's pretty much been delivering week in and week out yeah i think one of the only like concerns that's gonna jump out is if baltimore does one of those we get out really early type of things and they just well put up this is another team that gives up a lot of uh production through the air I, you know jameer gibbs nine catches 58 yards a couple weeks yeah. ago um, they had 48 yards from Ty J Spear. I mean, they give up a lot of yards per catch to the running back. So I could see Walker getting some love in the passing game. as well. Yeah. Has that dropped yet? Have you seen that? I would, I mean, not going to look now, but the receiving yard prop for Ken Walker is one I get wrapped in. It's, I think it's 10 and a half. 
So yeah, um, see, that's a number I like. Yeah, that's not, I mean, now I'm like tempted to go. I think I'll actually be able to get there real quick. That number is yeah, it is ten and a half. A little bit of juice on it, so that might be something uh, I try to put out there because I agree with you. This is a let's talk about this rank again. This is not about me versus Jake or anything like that. But let's talk about Tony Pollard. Tony yeah. Pollard has moved outside of RB one territory in ranks. Uh, Jake has got him at fourteen this week, which it's justified. It just, it's still very eye opening. His consensus rank is 13 this week. I wanted to get your take on where you are because um, if you're wondering on the Tony Pollard side, Gus Edwards, Jake has above Tony Pollard this week as Dallas is going up against Philly. But 14 is quite a statement spot. You're still starting him. That doesn't really change. It's again that sometimes these ranks are about like the accuracy of ranks. But what that is telling you is like a non RB one is starting to put some real questions out there. And it's legit. A team might have a Gus Edward. You could have a team that drafted Tony Pollard, Raheem Mostert and uh, Gus Edwards. And they start two backs with no flex. And Jake's ranks would say, go Mostert and Gus Edwards over Tony Pollard, who was taken first. So that's where this kind of comes into play. What do you think about the Tony Pollard situation? Uh, did you say he had him 13? Or 14. 14. He's his. I have him. I, we're, we're, we, yeah, we're tied. I have him at 14. I go uh, Isaiah Pacheco, Tony Pollard, Ramondre Stevenson, Gus Edwards. That's my order of that kind of range. Um, and again, I like, I, I toyed with moving Ramondre Stevenson up higher because of that Washington defense that's lost their defensive lineman. But he just, you just can't count on more than 10 touches for him. So I'm, Tony Pollard gets the nod. Um, over Edwards and Stevenson because again, there's really nobody else there. And I like those backs and it's a, it's a good offense. He could, he could have the big play, but man, just watching him lately, it's been rough. And so I had to move him outside my RB one range as well. Yeah. I hate to do it. Um, but it, again, it is, it is more logistical than it is like real hardcore fantasy application, but I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen some people with some, Pretty fascinating uh, roster construction out there where it's like, okay, you know, because Jonathan Taylor could have been had in the fourth or fifth round this year. And that means they could have also had Tony Pollard and they could have had Mostert and they could have had DeAndre Swift. Like that's all possible. And Pollard would not be startable in that range. Pollard would be the fourth RB according to running backs um, ranks off of that. So he might not be, he might not be startable, but at the same time in my brain, I go, Dallas has got to get this. Fixed. They got to get this reworked with him. And this seems like the time to do it, you know, not get, but this is a good passing but, matchup for Dak Prescott this week. Yeah, it's a good passing matchup. It's at Philadelphia. Not the best time for a running back to get back on track unless he wants to do it through the air. Unless you want to try to establish, um, you want to establish the clock and you want to establish possessions mm-hmm. and, you know, not, uh, not get your defense on the field too much by throwing, even though it is a good matchup, you would want to run, but you know, you can't run against him. It's not going to help. Uh, let's go over to the wide receivers. Jake's uh, wide receiver ranks this week. Tyreek Hill at the tippy top. We've got Jamar Chase up there. Uh, an interesting one is Adam Thielen jumps in yeah. as a top six, which I contemplated the same thing. It's just New Orleans. I did the same thing. I was ready to throw Adam Thielen out here and saying, oh, I'm higher than Thielen than Jake is. And then I went to look at Jake's ranks. I'm like, damn, it didn't we happen. both had him. We both had him at six. I, I love Thielen this week. And uh but unfortunately, I can't argue it with Jake because Jake loves him as well. Well, also, what is really interesting is Thielen is ranked above Cooper Cup 
this week. He's got yeah. Cup at eight. And I had the same thing. I didn't look at any ranks whatsoever when I started mine. And uh, they kind of default. So, like, Cup was up at three. And I was like, nope, nope, nope. And I kept moving him down and down. And I was like, am I going nuts with how far down I'm going to continue moving Cooper Cup? And it's really not. You're not. Because there's a lot of concern with how that offense was running with Matthew Stafford's situation puts mm-hmm. a question into it. I still think those guys are still chalky ish, but as far as like pitting them up against the top end, it's just not there. So Cooper cup at eight with Thielen over, I'm guessing you have the same thing. Yes, I do. I actually don't think I have cup even at eight. I'm looking really quick. Oh, I have him at nine. So close enough, but yeah, I'm down on cup, but not out of the top 10 on him. Consensus rank on Cooper Cup this week is 10. So actually, you guys both higher than the consensus rank right now. So big turn that's happening on him. Uh, Let's go to your big two differences, starting with, I'm going to actually start with this other one because this is kind of a wide receiver one um, uh, talk, is Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith comes in at 11 for Jake versus your 24. So a literal last wide receiver one to last wide receiver two difference for Devontae Smith. He gets some big plays, but it's, it's understandable to be concerned if you pair against what A.J. Brown has been. Was it like six straight games of 125 or six games of 125 this season? It's been bonkers. And Devontae Smith is still hitting his prop, so he did hit his receiving yard prop this past week. What, uh, what's got you pushed him down and so different from Jake? Well, first of all, Dallas is among the very elite at, at limiting wide receiver production. And go tell me a number two receiver in the league that's played Dallas this year that has even sniffed wide receiver 11 where Jake has him. I understand that Devontae Smith's a better number two receiver than most teams bring to the table. But like, there's been a few number ones that have had some success against Dallas. And listen, this has been without Trayvon Diggs. They've been just as good. They haven't really lost a step, um, you know, since he's been out so they've been great and you look at Devonte smith he went what is it one two three four five straight weeks without scoring a touchdown before last week and had 49 yards or less in four of those five games so like we're kind of a little bit of recency bias on what he did last week against a washington commander secondary which is terrible now you get dallas who's been uh among the best and we're gonna just think he's going to continue to do what he did against Washington. I, I just don't see. I, I think it's more of like what we saw in the previous five weeks where it was a real struggle to play him. So um, I have him ranked as a back end wide receiver too, which I think is fair for what we've seen from Devonte Smith. I just not, I'm not ranking him like a seven ninety nine yard and a touchdown guy. Like we saw against Washington last week. Uh, the other one is a really interesting one because Jake has got this one. I guess I always say interesting. Um, <laughs> Michael Thomas, he's got outside of a startable wide receiver this week, and you have him as a high-end wide receiver three. So talk to us, talk us through where you get Michael Thomas in here. Rashid Shahid had a huge breakout game. We're kind of waiting for Olave to get really, really going. Uh, yet I think it seems like you picked kind of the more boring guy to talk about in the Saints wide receiver core, but what's got you at him with a wide receiver, high and wide receiver three rank? Well, here's a, here's a bar trivia for you right now. Um, Name the three wide receivers that have scored at least nine PPR points in every game, in all eight games this year. And that's obviously I'm going to Michael Thomas on this, but there's only two others. And it's Tyreek. Oh, okay. Well, Tyreek Hill, Tyreek Hill and and AJ Brown. 
Uh, ooh. But, okay. but, you know, think at the very top, top shelf. It's in that range. I mean, it's, it belongs in the discussion with Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown. Oh, um, I'm trying to come. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Keenan Allen? Nope. Why can't I? I got to look at names here. It's not Jamar Chase. No. Nope. Oh, Stefan Diggs. Yep. It's Diggs. Stephon so, Diggs. Yeah, yeah. but Michael Thomas more closely hits around nine most every week. I just think, like, I mean, he's a four catch for 50 yard guy every week, week in and week out. And he goes up to like 12 PPR points. But I like the matchup against Chicago. I like these at home. I just think somebody with that floor. In a week like this, where we don't like any of the quarterbacks, we don't like the matchups. Like, I'm going to trust that Michael Thomas is going to push right at double digits in in fantasy points and PPR leagues. Like, I'm that's that's a wide receiver three to me. So I have him ranked at wide receiver 27. Jake has him at wide receiver 39. Like, like I just know exactly what I'm getting from Michael Thomas. I'm not going to love it. You say it's boring, but man, there's some guys out there in the wide receiver range, wide receiver three range this week that might give you like nothing. You know, yeah. so so that's where I'm just like, give me the safety of Michael Thomas and his four to five catches his 50 to 60 yards. You know, what's sometimes great about that is those safety options afford you the ability to take some bigger shots. If you've got the wide receiver ranks to do it, knowing yeah. that you've got the backdrop of a guy, you can take some bigger risks on players maybe that you've fallen in love with. Um the final wide receiver we're going to talk about, this is just a talk about one again. It's Devontae Adams. This is similar to the Tony Pollard conversation. This one, though, is, is a pretty big differential between consensus and where Jake is at. And I under I understand where he's going to come from, from the logic. And Devontae Adams in the consensus world is number nine at wideout against the Giants, which is, this is a pretty good matchup. Jake has him at 16 this week. So we are talking about the difference between a wide receiver one and a mid wide receiver two and Aiden O'Connell will be the quarterback. That's the other thing in the news I probably should have talked about was all the weird, like quarterback definitive things that are going on. And Jimmy Garoppolo is just out and they're going with Aiden O'Connell. I actually like Aiden O'Connell. I think I prefer him to them trying to do the dumb Hoyer stuff that did not work. I think he's a pretty smart quarterback, but he's a theoretical downgrade, I suppose, to like any pressure and I think that has people concerned. Maybe I'm being dumb about it, but you, you look at like a fine defensive matchup off of one of the most embarrassing performance a team has had where Devontae Adams looked like, I mean, he wanted to retire from the NFL. And you don't think they're going to clap back with throwing every pass to Devontae Adams this week and every first look is going to go to him. Maybe they're not all going to be great, I will be shocked if he doesn't have 15 targets in this game. So I think Devontae Adams is a lock wide receiver one this week. So I also disagree uh, with Jake's ranks, at least just me personally. But what say you, the consensus world versus Jake's rank on Devontae Adams? Uh, I have him at wide receiver 13. So not a not a lock, but higher than Jake. Um, and I agree. I don't know how you can watch Jimmy Garoppolo's game last week and not just say, God, just give me Aiden O'Connell. Let's just try that. Because Garoppolo was like, he was taking forever to throw the ball. The offense was terrible. Like when they had so much pressure, they did not switch their offense to quick hitting passes. They had their receivers running downfield, not even looking back at the ball before Garoppolo was already hit. So 
and Garoppolo just can't move. So, you know, here's a guy that maybe gives him a little something different. The problem is, when I look back at O'Connell, he started a game and he's had like another half game, and his his target percentage to Devontae Adams was about eight percent lower than Garoppolo's. Yeah. Garoppolo's like in the in the low thirties, and uh, O'Connell's in the mid twenties. And honestly, it was Josh Jacobs who we liked likes kind of the most. I mean, they both he's completed eight eight passes to Jacobs, eight passes to Adams. The ones to Jacobs actually went for a few more yards. So um be interested to see what that what that receiving yards prop is for Jacobs. But getting back to Adams, I look at if Aiden O'Connell can throw just a better deep ball and they can run those same plays that they just absolutely blew. I mean Adams would have had a monster game last week if Garoppolo could, you know, have thrown a decent deep ball. So we'll see. Um I just I, I I downgraded him a little bit because I just don't know what to expect with this Raiders offense. And the last thing I saw is hard to shake from my mind. That's a good point. That's a very good point. Uh, sleeper tight end for the week. Who are you uh, targeting? Uh, Rams give up a lot of production to the tight end. Luke, Luke Musgrave uh, is the guy I'd be targeting. Um, and he, I believe, had an ankle issue. or I forget what his injury was last week, but he played through it. Last week, he didn't practice. He still played. Didn't have a great game. But this week, he started the week with a limited practice. And it looks like he'll probably be healthier this week. I just like the matchup for Luke Musgrave and a guy that maybe helps a struggling quarterback get things going a little bit. All right, there you go. Go over to theathletic.com. Get a subscription today if you don't have it. If you do, good on you. Jake's waiver and ranks article. If you want to check out the waivers, you still can. You can check out both those articles. Get you set for this week nine. Coming up next week, We, uh, Jake and myself, will have you covered on Tuesday for all your waiver stuff. Back with Brandon for week eight. 10 ranks which is crazy to think about so if you guys have not already make sure you are subscribed to this podcast on any podcast app you love if you're with the athletic you got the app there as well find brandon on twitter brandon funston jake all in kid myself at is it the welsh good luck everybody and we will talk to you next week right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast 